Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. It really does mean a lot, especially when you guys share it up on your story. So please do continue to do so. I've been really lucky to have the guests that I've had on so far. And I know I've kind of concentrated on the last few weeks, kind of doing solo episodes, uh, just because time cons- uh, time constraints. So this week, I've got, I'm very lucky to have uh, Jane Real Nutrition, uh, Jane O'Toole, who is an MNU certified nutritionist, PN1 sports nutritionist. Jane's message is incredible. She has recently just done her first solo talk over in Stockport as well. She has a no BS approach to nutrition and her, she trains incredibly hard, but also promotes kind of a work life balance as well. So, Jane, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be on fantastic podcast so feel very lucky to be invited on thank you very much I'll, I'll pay you for that comment later on i'm gonna gonna i'm gonna hold on to that comment um <laughs> so tell us your, for who forever who doesn't know you you're all over instagram and uh, you're amazing on instagram you got your you do an awful lot of good work with kind of since you become a mnu certified um so tell us your story and how you got into the whole nutrition spectrum so i'm i was a latecomer to the nutrition world very much a career changer I think the passion for nutrition was always there to a degree, um, but I would never have seen myself as someone who could go into that line of work. I would never have had the belief in myself that I could do that. I ended up following the route, working in the service industry, did a lot of travel, got into PR and marketing because it just felt like the natural progression for me in, in the line of work that I was. I always had a passion for food and nutrition and I was a vegetarian for 20 years and through that time I really did care about the composition of my food and what went into it and so I suppose that was kind of the the seed planted in my passion for nutrition. I had though a really long battle with low self-esteem throughout my life and a very poor food relationship with disordered eating and a lot of weight ups and downs throughout my life as I was trying to get to grips on that so I think that as well would have made me feel like I would not be the ideal candidate to be moving into health nutrition and fitness little did I know that it's probably exactly where I needed to go um so three years of that I got really into the cutting a long story short here got really into strength training and CrossFit and kettlebell training and finding a passion for health and fitness I got really really into it I started to gain a whole new appreciation for my body I'd always just focused so much on the aesthetic side of things what my body looked like or didn't look like or I couldn't get it to look like or it didn't ever look like I started to suddenly have this interest in what it could do and I got really passionate about that and started finding things that I could do and weights I could lift and movements I I was actually quite good at that I never would have thought I could do and it just gave me I found it really empowering gave me a new I think confidence within myself and this whole new kind of passion little light went on inside of me and I thought I'd go more the route of coaching CrossFit and I did the level one and a few speciality courses and kettlebell coaching but nutrition was always there in the back of my head it was something I really cared about and as a veggie who started strength training I got really into figuring out how to get enough protein how to fuel myself 
stupidly went down the route of like as a vegetarian of trying like things like the zone and paleo as a veggie kind of difficult hard lessons learned there yeah big time (laughs) but um i still the, the interest was there and i think that's what kind of really kicked off my my interest in wanting to pursue that and then i went and did some online courses with shaw academy nutrition advisor cert then the advanced cert started doing a little bit like asking people in my gym if I could like coach them for free and like work with them and then started doing some like group challenges in gyms decided then to do precision nutrition level one because I'd met a few people who I thought were really good who had done that course and were like yeah this would be really good to help you understand structure of putting together a nutrition business and and working with people in groups more so I did the PM one and then never really looked back until I decided I needed to know more and I wanted to know more and I wanted to be better and then I found I listened to Sigma Nutrition and and Danny Lennon recommended MNU and I was looking through so many different courses I was even thinking about going back and doing a degree I was I just really like had this drive in me I needed to know more I needed to be better like I wanted to go the whole way with this and make this my career and I kept like trying to source different courses and MNU kept coming back and I would see people like Danny recommending it and a few other really big names in the industry were talking about it and at that stage I'd never I hadn't followed Martin and started following him after his podcast with Danny then as well and really liked the message he put out and everything that the course entailed signed up for that on an impulse from Christmas literally took a loan out paid for in bulk decided to go for the full with honors and the best decision I ever made for my career it's completely changed me as a person and as a practitioner I am just so much better in so many ways because of that course and the community behind it and the message that they spread and just the content it's so good it's so good like it's so good we've we've done we've both done precision nutrition and like precision nutrition has its place in the industry it's great for like beginners and stuff but what and i've spoken to ryan robin das on as well um he was one i think was my he was my very first guest i think um and he was talking about because he he used to lecture in ucd and he has degrees and degrees and courses and courses in nutrition and he was saying the biggest thing about MNU compared to other courses is that Martin actually helps you to relate it to the actual person and how to actually change the psychological barriers that someone may have to a certain thing, how to phrase something. And it's definitely revolutionized a lot the way I definitely talk to people. I probably pro- probably go too in depth now, but it is if there's such thing now, but it's definitely re- definitely changed how, how I do it for the better, I think every layer of what you need to be a practitioner is covered in that course you know the whole spectrum of like habits and behavior change and everything like that and how I'd say how you relate to people and understand them and, and view them you know you definitely I definitely think it's it's game changing and there's so many doctors and nurses and people with degrees in nutrition now doing the course and they're all saying the same thing it's like that they're getting more out of this year with MNU than they did in a four-year degree they're actually able to now go work with clients and relay the information properly to them you know and actually start 
putting programs in place that have structure and work it, it, it's definitely I like, cannot recommend it enough yeah it's incredible and I've got you've you've graduated already and I've got my exams in I've got the date here my exams start on Monday the 23rd of September and I am cacking it so I <laughs> Be grand, be grand. It's like the leaving cert. Be grand. Um, I would bring too. Don't worry, it's normal. It's because you care. <laughs> exactly, and as you as you said when we were when we first started speaking today, it was like you said it's it's completely different to anything that you've done because you actually have an interest in it, and it's it's yeah. it, it makes a huge difference. Um, so, like, what's the biggest change you've seen in the industry, or the biggest problem you've seen in the industry since you kind of got into into the whole nutrition industry? What's the biggest kind of change, or the biggest issue you see? Pluses would be the rise of the evidence based movement more. I do think that the voices, strong voice, the voices are getting louder. They're getting stronger. People are believing in it a little bit more. They're listening to reason a little bit more, understanding things like, you know energy balance being important and realizing that there is a lot of snake oil salesmen out there and there's just there's I definitely believe that the the, the good <laughs> the Jedi <laughs> of nutrition are winning out no but it, it's definitely becoming more apparent and the voice is getting louder and that's really positive I also think things like the body positive movement and people really like being able to, to see that as a positive thing and people are putting out a more body positive message and more balanced approach to fitness and nutrition and that's really really positive too people are getting a there's a, a big side of it that's a more realistic and attainable you know it's just given a much more balanced approach to people and a much more balanced image in saying that i do think that the rise of the insta celeb and reality tv and a lot of things like that has meant that a lot of people who don't know what the fact they're talking about are given platforms and given sponsorship and they're touting rubbish products and putting out messages that are not healthy and putting out videos and dvds and nutrition programs and things like that that are unhealthy like non-balanced and that's at best dangerous and useless at worst you know and there's just too big a platform right now for a lot of the non-efficacious messages and the bullshit out there so while the the evidence-based uh, movement is is getting louder there's a battle on the hand of the the bullshit movement getting louder too and there's an awful lot of people out there with titles and things in their name like doctor and things like that who are putting out absolute bullshit messages as well and quite like promoting diets like the alkaline diet and even keto to extreme degrees and stuff like that with no real understanding of what it would entail for a normal person to try and apply that to their life you know yeah. so there's, there's a lot I, I think it's a very very torn torn industry yeah it's like everyone has an opinion <laughs> Um, everyone has an opinion everyone has a way of doing something there's a lot of sometimes there's a lot of bro science to it as well and it's very hard sometimes to change or try to even have a a, a, a conversation with someone if they're not going to listen 
if the fact that you've kind of evidence you're like show me the books show me the books and then they'll come back with like certain quotes and that's what martin keeps talking about when we're when you, <laughs> yeah yeah you know, when you first start out that's the exact same thing that martin's like don't be that person pushing everything on. if they're not going to listen they don't want to change well that's that that's their prerogative and and exactly. you, you, you have to be careful of the battles you like battles you get into with people online you just end up wasting your time that you could be spending on somebody who you can make a difference with on someone that you work with or a friend or anyone like someone who is messaging you wanting real genuine help and support and you're wasting your time on somebody who just is a keyboard warrior or just likes to sound with their own voice you know yeah and you mentioned about kind of like this the skinny tees and all that kind of stuff i saw i was watching united playing a match on saturday last saturday and the match was sponsored by Herbalife. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I was like, I can't watch this. I was like, because behind the Herbalife was behind them, and I was surprised that James Smith of all people didn't cop onto that. I think he's not allowed to talk about it anymore, but <laughs> for legal reasons. Uh, but I was like, Jesus, has it got that bad that United are so skint that they're selling themselves out to that? But I, I was very surprised because I, I'm not sure. Like I know Martin's done work with football teams, but I'm not. I from reading between the lines that may have been one of the teams he's done work with. I know he's done work with Derby, and I know he's done work with Team GB and stuff. But he mentioned that one of the clubs was the, the was one of the biggest teams in the world, and yeah, you don't know. I don't know if it was them or not. I don't. That's shocking, though. Herbalife, like they, they don't even care. But I suppose they don't even they don't care. They see like, the bottom line. Like that's the problem with. That's the problem with kind of like the football teams now. They're people all business. Gonna, people aren't going to not support their team. People are so passionate when it comes to football and about their team that they're, as well, like the majority of people who's to support the team, like a support team or into football are not really going to care so much about that. It's not no. going to be something of value or worth. They're just going to be like, ah, oh, some supplement company. And that's it. But it's not. <laughs> so, God, it's so bad. It's like nearly like slim world underneath it. Oh, don't stuck. Okay, I'm not starting about Slim World. I'll go off on a rant. I will go. Um, that's like that's my war. I have a war against Slim World because ninety percent of my clients are from Slim World. Uh, I've got like a lot of my clients coming broken, emotionally wrecked after Slim World, not knowing why they can't do anything right. Yeah, I just yeah, I I think that's a separate episode. I think I could talk about that for yeah. three hours. Um, you mentioned CrossFit and the CrossFit Games were on re- over the weekend were you watching? yeah they finished up I did I watched some of them I would be um, I had a, a friend who was competing actually in the Masters Alexis Rufus an English girl she's amazing my coach coaches her had already fit and she um, made the Masters this year 40 to 44 I came fifth so yeah it was amazing to watch her compete and then I'm a big fan of Tia Toomey I think she's amazing and she's the lady who won the CrossFit Games she hammered everyone she hammered everyone and I've I've liked her since before she she won I just really warmed her she was really humble and sweet and didn't really believe in herself at the start and like I just I would have watched all the documentaries and stuff Uh, like she just seemed really sweet down to Erin Turner her fella who's her coach and um yeah, she just she's just risen every year. She's gotten better and better, and her and Matt Fraser are just like unbeatable at the top. Matt Fraser is a freak. He's like a little bear. Like he really is. Insane athlete, insane athlete. He's just doesn't have a hole in his performance like whatsoever. 
amazing to watch but it's like a one horse race most of the time when he's out there although he had a little bit of a fight from Noah Olsen yeah the last event, event yeah but Tia yeah. like Tia beat the men on the on the paddle boards like it's just scary um, have you kind of got any like some CrossFit can have kind of a, a negative kind of media attachment to it for people kind of getting injured I've kind of got a lot of respect for it since doing it over in uh, over in Unit 27 um, yeah. have you got any tips for anyone kind of looking to start out I would it's like don't look at what you see online as an idea of what your class is going to be like because a lot of people will see stuff from the games or like the spoof videos online and get an impression that CrossFit is crazy or super intense it's not it's for everybody like if you go to the right gym every movement is scalable changeable adjustable to your level to your ability to where you're at you're not going to be the like so many people will say to me oh you know I have to get to a certain level of fitness before I start CrossFit and it's like no that's, that's like, the whole point start CrossFit. this is the whole point of it you can come in there and just ignore the two three people in the class who will have pull-ups and have all these things and understand that 70 80 percent of the people in your class are going to be where you're at I do say though it's because it is like it it is so much fun and like the the workouts can be quite intense and you can get really motivated you can get really into it you can like lose the run of yourself a little bit and want to keep up with people and I'll always say to people starting out like because it's mistakes I've made it's take the time to learn the form take the time to get strong take the time to before you start trying to do things like kipping pull-ups take the time to get some strict pull-ups work on the strength make sure you're you're able to do all of those movements it could be really really exciting and you really want to try all these crazy cool movements that people are doing but i say put the time in listen to your coach like there's there's so many good coaches out there and they will take the time with their with their clients to get them to put in the time on the strength movements before trying to do any of the movements that are deemed dangerous in crossfit you know and that's what it is people look at videos online and just like any sport you can find bad videos online and or things happening people with weightlifting people bodybuilding all these different like on leg press machines all these terrifying things you know any sport comes with a risk of injury but if you're in the right gym with the right coaches they'll take the time with you to make sure that that doesn't happen to you and yeah it's like you're you're gonna get fitter you're gonna get stronger the endorphins and buzz from crossfit as you know yourself from doing it it's such a community that's a, you know, that's the bit that drew me together, pushing each other supporting each other and that's a that's a really big part of a community is really important if you don't enjoy the type of training you're doing you're highly unlikely to keep going if you've got a community and a bunch of friends in your class or if you're the like 5am crew or the 6pm crew who that's when you make you become a little community and you want to see your friends you want to work out with them you want to throw down with them you'll cheer each other on for a pb and motivate each other on you know it's just it brings about a whole new element to it and i think that's why it's become so popular and why i know that for me it was it was game changing for me when i found it as a as a sport like i had no sporting background in my life i did dance most of my life so i had like strong legs and stuff like that and like i did a lot of dance competitively in that when I was younger but never sports 
until CrossFit and then suddenly I went crazy for like weightlifting and CrossFit and geez if you told me in my 20s that I was going to be doing things like muscle ups and stuff like that I would have laughed at you yeah. and like laughed like be like no that, that's not going to happen <laughs> it, that, the, the community thing was the bit that drew me in like when I was when I did it there was people who were severely overweight and then there was like the the people who were absolutely shredded but everyone went out for dinner together I think there was one of the nights that we went out there was like 45 of us for dinner and it was like everyone kind of just got one big community there was one place up the top of the road which is like the best like all you like not all you can eat but it may as well have been all you can eat barbecue place that everyone just met up uh, it was just it was just amazing you put up a post recently about kind of celebrating little wins that's one of the yeah. biggest things that I like to kind of promote with my clients and for myself anyway. Can you kind of elaborate on this and how you kind of apply it to yourself and even to your, to your own clients as well? I try and get people to stop just looking at one big outcome goal. We can get really focused on one singular outcome or goal and you don't learn to appreciate the process. You miss out on all of those, as I said, little wins along the way in the process of getting to that one goal that you you think you want that you believe is the is the outcome that you want the thing is when you start appreciating the process and the little wins you're happier throughout and the outcome goal it tends to shift and change so it'd be like someone saying takes this this idea in their head that they want abs for example just using something like to chat about without like no real realization of what it takes to get to it if they just focus on that, it's like it's quite life changing. It's something that they have to, you know, look at their whole lifestyle, change nutrition, change their training. Might not fit within the constraints of their lifestyle, but that's that's their goal. They've decided they picked that like arbitrary goal without any real understanding of what's going on. That'd be painful to achieve, you know. If you just focus them on the process, the process oriented goals of like, okay, so you know. You work really long hours. You can only make the gym a few times a week. You're saying, you know, you're going to commit to five times a week and you're going to start tracking your calories. But you've also got two kids. How about we look at, initially, you're going to look at going to the gym three times a week and you're going to eat protein with every meal. So one month in, the body's probably changing. There's positive things happening. They're feeling better. And they've achieved those goals they've managed to make the gym three times a week and eat protein with every meal fantastic that's the pro that's that's part of the process they've already hit some little wins along the way on the way to what they think is their outcome goal then you can change it you know they're starting to feel better they're starting to feel happier you might introduce kind of okay so maybe you can go three times a week can we can we increase that to four now perhaps and maybe you can start trying to track your calories this week we'll do it like four days a week see how that goes and you just keep building and building and as they go along their body's going to start changing you know they might realize that perhaps where they're at two months down the line is where they want to be that aligns with their lifestyle that aligns with their goals that to to go any further is going to make them unhappy and isn't really where they want to be so instead of beating themselves up over not being able to get to that goal of abs within two months with no rhyme or reason of what it takes they've actually started to enjoy the process of getting healthier getting fitter getting stronger eating better 
because you set them small tasks along the way, small process-oriented goals. You know, and it's it's great. It's even like along that way, if they're into fitness, you might go. They might go, God, I wouldn't mind like running. It's like, oh, how much have you ran? It's like, oh, I'd probably do about like two k. You look at it and kind of go like, well, maybe we'll try and increase that every week by you know a couple of hundred meters. And the next thing you know, they're hitting a five k. Never knew they wanted to run a five k, but now they've done it. That's another little win. It's just it's very adaptable, adjustable, and changeable as you go along because at the end of the day, it's going to change their their goals are most likely going to change their appreciation for themselves and what they can do and the process will change and it makes it a much more pleasant experience i believe yeah if you start like giving yourself credit for the little wins give yourself credit for how how hard so like how hard changing your health and fitness can be how hard for some people it is to do it to to change not only their mindset but also make a fit within their lifestyle you know people have a lot of commitments and they can believe that they are supposed to want to be healthier and fitter, supposed to want to look a certain way because, you know, you should be able to do everything, but don't realize that it doesn't actually align with their lifestyle. It doesn't align with their, their true priorities or their true goals. I've been able to help people along the way to realize that, to find a balance between figuring out what their true priorities are, aligning that with their lifestyle, and then the changes you can make to, to meet somewhere in the middle with the goal that they think they want versus the goal that's actually achievable for them while leading a happy, healthy life, you know? Yeah, and I think... That's, I being focused on the process helps with that a lot. Yeah, I think, an- I think some people kind of can forget about kind of the, the small wins they've had along the way and can kind of get bogged down in sometimes the bigger picture. Like some clients that have potentially come to me have never set foot in a gym before and then they're kind of like, it, they're kind of... They're kind of getting frustrated with why the scales isn't moving. But like you've been potentially training for three, four days a week for a year. Uh, you're down, say, two and a half dress sizes. You're down maybe three, four stone. Why not celebrate those wins instead of focusing on I want to be a certain weight? Uh, exactly. And that's, that happens a lot. So, so many people get transfixed on a certain scale weight which is a big, big thing. Uh, and without si- sounding sexist, it, it's particularly females have an issue with the scales more so than men. And it throws someone's whole mood off, no matter what they've achieved, as you're saying, like with, they could be down a dress size, the inch centimeters could be down, the body fat millimeters could be down, they can look completely different. Like I have clients who just by changing their supplements slowly, getting some omega-3 and getting them eating more protein, their hair, nails, skin is looking better. They're glowing, you know, they're getting more active, so many positives. But the scale, the scale weight doesn't shift or the scale weight goes up a little bit or down. And they'll come in feeling fabulous, going, oh, everyone's telling me I look amazing. I feel so good. You know, I feel leaner. They stand on the scales and it hasn't shifted and the whole atmosphere changes. And I think that it's really important for us as like coaches to really work on educating people about that and trying to make sure to support them and by getting them to focus more on the little wins and seeing the process as part of it, you know, and all these amazing things that are happening along the way. Like if their hair, nails, skin's looking better, people are complimenting them, they're feeling better, they're sleeping better. These are huge wins instead of a number on a scale that is like the most variable of all of the measurements you know that we can take as practitioners yeah like weight has its place at times 
but for most people it just like I, it does become like the whole sad step idea like it has so much power over people's people's minds you know and like even people who are educated and informed on it they have will have an idea in their head of a weight that they once were or a time they were happy and they'll just be fixated on it as that's where they need to go or they'll know someone else's weight and be like they have a body type that i like without any understanding of people's muscle content or anything that's going on it's like setting goals and setting yourself a goal that is just may not be achievable for you which is just setting yourself up for perceived failure and feeling sad you know and weight it's just too variable i like it's a conversation i'm sure you have as often as i do with people i'd say i have it on a yeah every consultation like you just set like you were talking about kind of setting yourself up for maybe two or three days a week at the beginning if someone comes to me for a consultation and then they've written on the questionnaire beforehand i want to train six days a week you've never trained before how are you expecting to go 200 miles an hour at the beginning and if you miss one day you're more than likely going to give up then why not set yourself up go go for a few more walks get off a bus stop earlier why not do two classes and then or else get a pt or something like that why not start yourself up with that um yeah the scales is probably the biggest pet peeve i have as a coach it's one of the most important things um kind of mindset wise that we need to change as coaches that's probably probably one of the biggest battles apart from all the bs and the herbal life ads i know it really is i think it's like i i was talking about this recently and i think it's like it's I've started doing that. I've started doing that. So I've I've an app. My I bought a new scales off Amazon and it's hooked up via Bluetooth. So if someone doesn't want to know their weight, like I have a girl tomorrow who's coming back to me, and she's like, I've made a bit of a balls up for the last few months, um, and she doesn't want to know her weight. So I'm gonna hook up the Bluetooth to my phone, just look at that, take her measurements. She doesn't want to know, and then just change the habits from there, and. If people want to do that i know martin spoke about that in one of his lectures as well and it, it's it's yeah. it's definitely uh it's definitely a game changer since i got the scales uh with the bluetooth it's it's such a simple thing um one of the other things that we have to have uh, to battle as kind of practitioners is kind of like the good v bad food uh food stigma that's out there um it's probably it's probably said to you on a daily basis and I find that even at social occasions I find social occasions quite uh, they're, they're great and all that but like you get asked an awful lot of questions regarding nutrition training justify their choices to you you're like, like do you want to pay me for my service or are you just going to keep sponging free information off me check out the Instagram it has all the answers to it but uh, yeah the good v bad food stigma like if someone sees like myself eating a pizza like i was on a saga about two weekends ago and we had a pizza and the lads are like what the hell are you doing i'm like yeah whatever it like i'm on a weekend away i can have a pizza like i haven't eaten all day like don't be at me let let me be um but have you kind of got any tips for kind of challenging that whole stigma challenging it with people like explaining it to them 
Like, yeah. Like, I'll, like, I would believe, be very much a believer that there are no bad foods. You know, there's, it's food is simply food. Some food is more nourishing. You know, some food is like, is it, it would be a more positive choice, goal dependent. And then there's foods that you should eat a little more sparingly and food that's less nourishing, that's purely for pleasure. There's room for all of it. If you're going to look at, like, I, I, looking at food as good and bad, it's really disempowering and leaves you more inclined to want to eat the, what you perceive as the bad food, which typically tends to be the more processed food, higher fat, sugar, like, type of foods, which the, the highly palatable stuff will be what people see as bad. It's learning that I think people need to be educated on the fact that they need to have room for everything. It's not all or nothing. If you are eating nourishing food, natural food, whole food most of the time, and you're eating the, the less nourishing food, the soulful food, the pleasure food, that you like, you know, the more processed food some of the time, it's perfectly okay. It's the all or nothing mentality that people get into that they need to eat like wholesome natural foods all of the time and then if they have something bad they affect it and then they just keep having the bad food and that's that's what's really disempowering about it i think if people realize that if they are more aware of their food choices and make them more awareness and make them based on a true want for the food you know it's like even it's like being more mindful with your choices even it's like most of the time you're going to want to eat to nourish your body. Every now and then you're really going to want to eat the pizza. Be sure that when you have the pizza that you really want to have it. Like, be sure that it's something that you're not just going for because it's quicker and easier and accessible. Like, are you hungry for it? Do you really want to make, maybe make it an occasion? Like you're saying you're at a stag, you enjoyed it with your friends, you hadn't eaten all day, like, maybe go message a friend, go, let's go to that amazing new pizza place. I really want to try it. Make an occasion of it. Don't just have loads of frozen pizzas or pizzas in your fridge and your food environment that you're just going to end up going all out and eating all of. It's enjoying any food you want, but just not all at once, you know? Taking the time to nourish your body and prioritize your health most of the time and then prioritize enjoyment and pleasure some of the time you know it's saying that like all like, like healthy food is really enjoyable too like like whole foods are really enjoyable for like i think personally but i think it really is people need to stop putting food in boxes they need to stop looking at it like good or bad like they are good if they eat vegetables and they are bad if they eat pizza because it's just perpetuating a cycle of beating yourself up with your food choices and it's just going to keep keep a negative cycle going on. You're going to just keep going back to making those poor food choices time and time again because, you know, you fucked up. So you might as well keep doing it. <laughs> and do you, th- do you think the good, f- bad food stigma is going to go anytime soon? It really depends if we've got people like Herbalize and like <laughs> living around and all this lot and putting out messages about, about bad food. It's, it's the ch- I think it's this about rephrasing. It's understanding food more so and not seeing it as bad. There's no food that's going to, like no singular food item is going to kill you or harm you or make you overweight, you know? There's no singular ingredient that's going to do that. There's no singular food item 
that is going to cause you that harm. It's overindulging in any food. It's overindulging in like an energy of not nourishing your body with the right micronutrients, making sure you get enough protein, you know, making sure you get enough fiber. These things matter for your health. If you are not prioritizing those things and getting the right nourishment, and then you're making up all of your calories with more processed food that's like lower nutrients, yeah, you'll get unhealthy. And especially if you're eating, you're overdoing it calorie-wise with that food, yeah, you're going to get unhealthy, but it's not one singular food item. If you approach it, it like in a more balanced way and just see it all as food, but know that some food is more important to you most of the time than other foods. I I think it's it's under it's it's reframing people's thoughts thought process on food and understanding what battle they need to fight. That labeling foods good and bad is not helpful, not helpful whatsoever. It's like eliminating an entire food group from your diet with no rhyme or reason. It's not helpful. It's just making things more complicated for people instead of simplifying and saying food is food. Eat more whole foods most of the time. Eat the processed foods some of the time. That that would be the only project. I don't see... I think it's just about putting out as many of us putting out that message as possible and helping to educate people on their food choices and making more positive choices and understanding their choices and learning to eat an energy balance and that it doesn't have to be all or nothing is more important because there's always going to be people that are going to call foods bad but the more and more we put out the message of it's just food the more it will be drilled into people's heads we hope I think it's Repetition, repetition, and education. Yeah, big time. Uh, you mentioned kind of the it's all the all or nothing approach that a lot of people do, whether they're kind of on a bulk or whether they're kind of looking to lose weight. For the for the most part, at some stage in our lives, we're going to go through a diet. So for most part, it's going to be, we're, we kind of talk about weight loss, uh, and a lot of people kind of adopt an all or nothing approach, and then they kind of eliminate having a social life, which yeah. a lot of people think that they can't have. Have you got any tips on how to kind of manage this, uh, particularly with kind of alcohol and going out for meals with friends and stuff? It is trying to step away from the all or nothing idea, even when you're like introducing balance. The problem is that people think diets need to be really, really hard because as you're saying, they assume that they need to restrict quite dramatically. They want results quite quickly. They've been led to believe that dieting is super hard instead of looking at it like, balancing and learning to lead a healthier lifestyle and if you are being restricted in your diet and you feel like you have to eliminate everything eliminate your social life eliminate alcohol eliminate all of these processed foods that might be pleasurable for you you're going to set yourself up for when you do have something like that going batshit crazy you know it's like putting a kid who's been deprived of sweets for a year into a sweet shop and saying knock yourself out like you know, if someone's deprived themselves and being really, really restrictive and not allowed themselves to have some of these foods over the time, they're going to be highly inclined to, to overdo it. And then they're stuck in that cycle of, affect it now, and then they go to restrict again. And it's just a vicious cycle. Whilst if people realized that if you look at it more like having a, a bigger balance overall, like even if you are trying to lose weight, 
obviously it's energy balance all around a lot like we want to make sure that people are eating in a slight calorie deficit it doesn't have to be extreme and you can balance and fit in some of the foods that you enjoy in it you just need to be smart about your choices going out on a night out being social it doesn't have to mean getting drunk you know and it's it's aligning those priorities it's like you want to go out and meet your friends and have fun yeah instead of having 10 pints maybe have a pint and two vodka sodas you know maybe rotate between some water like maybe have like lighter options and just still be social still go out but just make more positive choices that are in line with the goals you're trying to achieve at that time and it's like even if you want to go out for a really nice meal and you're going to go out that evening and the place you're going to you know has like your favorite dessert so instead of having three courses maybe just have your main course and dessert maybe don't have a glass of wine with that meal or have one and don't like just have one glass of wine if you're prone to having two or three you know eliminate calories that way it can make a big difference overall maybe earlier in that day because you know it's going to be highly calorific and you are trying to lose a certain amount of weight or fat maybe skip breakfast bring in a windowed eating protocol just have something light in the afternoon like an egg white omelet or some zero percent greek yogurt and berries or even a protein smoothie a protein shake just to keep make sure you're getting sufficient protein in and then you're backing some calories for later on that day to have your meal, enjoy it, have your glass of wine, have what you really enjoy. Even when you're approaching meal choices, if you have to eat out quite a lot, it's like being clever about your choices and making shifts, not only with like alcohol or not, choosing one one course or just two instead of three. If you're going to have your meal, have high protein, high fat, or have high protein with high carbs, don't have high fat protein and carbs that's a great lesson for my menu actually <laughs> but you know make like that'd be like having a chicken pasta with tomato sauce for like your high carb high protein or having steak instead of chips get like a load of greens with it it's one of my favorite this one of my main meal choices going out we get a fillet steak and greens instead get your sauce on the side so you can portion your peppercorn or whatever you like on your steak and i would choose to have a lovely glass of red wine with that instead of a dessert and it's it's just making more informed, positive choices to suit your goals. If, if fat loss is, is your goal, you don't have to eliminate having a meal out. You don't have to eliminate having a bit of chocolate. You don't even have to eliminate having a drink. It's just knowing how to fit it in. And sometimes making the efforts to fit these things in within a week, allowing yourself to have that little bit of social interaction, allowing yourself to have a little bit of those foods makes the process one much more enjoyable much more sustainable and like it's you just you want if you're happier throughout the process you're going to be more successful it may take a little bit longer to get where you think you want to go or where you decided you want to go but you're going to have the tools in place already to be able to support maintaining it moving forward because you haven't transformed your life so dramatically or restricted yourself that you're just going to set yourself up to want to lose the run of yourself when you're done you know yeah and like you, you, now you like we with the all or nothing approach again like if you are going out and potentially you do go off the so-called rails in 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 inverted commas and you do go out at night out and you do go a little bit crazy well then why not just press the the reset button and go again on the monday 
like if you're out on the Saturday, reset the button, just make sure that you haven't gone to Zaytunes. Nothing against Zaytunes, but go to Zaytunes uh, and avoid getting the takeaway and that's celebrate that as a small win we spoke about already. Uh, and try, even have your meal prep done for the next day, even if you don't eat it, it's still a small win. Just make sure you're getting hydrated. Yeah, there's loads of different things and even, if you, if you don't want, or if you do want dessert and maybe you've eaten all your calories, uh, you could get a sorbet, which is still not a fear of missing out, which a lot of people think they can't have a dessert uh, when they go out if they're on a diet. Sorbet, you're still getting a dessert and you're not gonna feel socially awkward around your friends. You're not gonna get the slagging, which a lot of people think they might do when, when they're with their friends when they're on a diet. Even tell your friends you're on the diet or go with your kind of inner circle and tell two or three people. And at least then they'll be able to jump in and kind of help if if you have the chance like sometimes i will have um certain clients who have to eat out a lot for work um i have them like have a look at the menu in advance prepare yourself plan out what you're gonna have like there's a difference between feeling pressured to be social be it as part of your job or you know that you, you kind of around christmas people can have lots and lots of events that they need to go to and they're they're not enjoying them as much and they don't want to be eating out and having everything every single day because that is when things get kind of really tough i say plan in advance pick with each each one what way you want to approach it you know if there's one that's really important to you that you really love the food in that place then make that your your, your main yeah. celebration you know so every now and then you're gonna want to have the three courses and you know the wine as well and that's okay make the decision as an informed choice like if you do do it just accept it it's over and done with it's one day you know one day in the scheme of a week or a month of your goals and of if you are exercising and eating nourishing food and eating an energy balance it will all balance out one day put meal out it's not gonna it's not gonna ruin your goals you haven't affected um i always say go back to just being eating normally go back to like your normal days eating right away like go back to prioritizing nourishing food hydrating looking at getting your sleep in don't get into an overly restrictive mentality of trying to make up for it the next week if you do have a big night just get back to normal you are gonna potentially if you've had like a little bit too much to drink or like eating too much the day before you'll potentially feel worse you'll potentially feel a bit crap and feel a bit bloated and feel a bit sluggish and think that you're effective but you haven't yeah. like at all yeah your body will settle down you just feel like that you feel sluggish you need sleep you need hydration you need the bloating to go down you need to not step on the scales because it's not going to give you an accurate depiction of what's actually going on in your body and it'll just make you feel worse just accept that they'll take two or three days but your body will write itself and you if you get back to moving get back to hydrating try and get some sleep in prioritize getting fibrous veggies in and protein you're going to feel pretty awesome again in two or three days and you will realize you have it. but if you get into the mindset of i have to really restrict i it up or you're you could potentially end up backing it up again come wednesday because you're feeling so restricted and sorry for yourself you'll you'll end up reaching for something you didn't plan on again and that you don't even really want to eat yeah. so yeah i get back to normal and be kind to yourself and understand we're human and we're allowed to overindulge every now and then or yeah. you know we are human we are human and that's that's the thing we do need to realize um 
the big thing that's going on at the minute is kind of that everyone seems to have one of those watches the fitbits or garments or whatever it may be and it seems to be out there a lot I've, i have a post written and i just need to tweak it a little bit um what are your thoughts on kind of fitbits in relation to kind of one uh, how they monitor burning calories and two on how they kind of monitor moving around so um for calorie burning they are absolutely useless and i really wish people wouldn't use them sorry to be like really blunt about it they are useless stanford did an amazing study on this quite a few actually harvard have done some studies now as well i was going to look into but the stanford study went into the calorie burning side of it and it showed that between all of them for calories for energy expenditure there was a 27 percent discrepancy was the best to 93 percent inaccuracy so 20 27 percent off was the best of the bunch and i think that was the apple again that was the best like and they um they overestimate so they would tell you you're burning way more calories than you actually are think about that in like setting someone's calories like I would see people online sharing this or sharing like in certain places that that say what calories you're burning. Like, and whether you know it or not, like it is playing in your head that I've just burned 1000 calories, but my coach only sends me this amount of calories. Sure, I'd be able to have that donut, have that cake, have that whatever, go for brunch. And it's so disempowering because people then are like, don't understand why they're gaining weight when they think they're burning all these calories. And they are so off. Like, imagine 93%. That's crazy. Like, and then you're eating back the calories that you think you've burnt, and you're, like, you're putting on pounds, and you're, like, getting pissed off. You're getting frustrated, and then you give up when you're back in... You blame yourself. Yeah. You blame yourself, because you, you think, like, your, your coach is going, like, are you really tracking your calories, or are you actually eating what we think you're eating? And they, they probably are, but they actually think that they're burning off an extra 1,000 calories because of this bloody watch so yeah when it comes to calories like no absolutely not i do not recommend them i think that people should ignore it um i have had a few people say to me that they understand that the calories are inaccurate but they just like the fact that it shows how hard they've worked or whatever i'm like all right like if you if you can ignore that and not use it it's like my fitness pal telling people calories burned i'm like constantly saying like turn that feature off they don't have a clue yeah so no to the calories but steps steps are good so regardless if it's accurate or inaccurate it's a systematic error so it means that it's always going to calibrate the same so if you have a watch that's counting your steps it's always going to do it the same way so regardless if it's slightly off you're always going to know if you're increasing activity or decreasing activity and it's always going to be the same margin of error so it doesn't actually matter so it's still positive so for steps i say absolutely use it it's it's a really good way of tracking your activity level and you will know if you're increasing or decreasing your steps once you're using the same watch all the time the same margin it's going to be exact same margin of error at all times so it doesn't actually really matter if it's off by like 50 or 100 yeah because it'll obviously be the same margin of error so yeah no for steps they're really really good they're very very positive i would suggest to a lot of clients to use them especially those who don't get to train as much it's a good way to gauge their activity level and increasing their activity and set little goals and targets and stuff so it's very positive positive. and the research i was looking up on there with harvard was in regards to heart rates and stuff like that 
I think it's the same. There's some discrepancies, but it's not as bad as with the calories. So, but I want to read into that a little bit more before before I would I would discuss it. I want That's to have fair. a bit further. Yeah. Like, having a little nerd, having a little nerd. <laughs> and then, and the next question is I've got about two questions I'd say left before we start talking about yourself and your services and all that kind of stuff so fat burners I have I put my hands up I have tried fat burners thinking that they would work and I'm pretty embarrassed about saying it but I have tried them I think a lot of other people have I think they probably bought the ones from my protein or other brands as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on the evidence say about kind of fat burners? Um, the the evidence on fat burners is that they they they're pretty pointless. That like any of the evidence on them, most of them contain caffeine, green tea, or raspberry ketones. They would be yeah. the primaries. Any pill or potion or tea that claims to speed up your metabolism can't do it by any amount that's going to make any real difference you can't cheat the law of thermodynamics you need to go into calorie deficit you're not going to cheat exercise and eating good food with caffeine can temporarily raise your metabolic rate but not significant enough to have any real impact on fat loss and you know as your tolerance increases that will wear off Green tea is the big one that people say. And with green tea, there's, to my knowledge, there's no evidence of green tea having any effect on metabolic rate. And then with raspberry ketones, which was, that's a big one that you see everywhere, like popping up with raspberry ketones. I think there was some research on rats and a really, really high dose of it. There was there was some, some benefits in increasing metabolism, but not in people. So... Yeah, there's no evidence on the primary ingredients having any real impact. And then any of the other older school like fat burners with things like DMP and ephedra and stuff in them are actually just dangerous. And I think they're off the market and illegal in a lot of places. I know country to country it's dependent, but people are still buying buying products with things like that in it, and they are actually dangerous. Yeah, they might. can increase heart rate and body temperature and can be quite quite dangerous in that way. Yeah, I think I was I was on Yohimbine as well, um, and I felt that I was very very anxious off them, and I struggle with anxiety at the best times, uh, and it literally set me over the edge, and I literally had to take myself off them, and I was like I didn't want to take them in the beginning, but someone I was working with at the time kind of encouraged me to take them because I was I was struggling, I was kind of digging. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know what digging is, I was struggling to lose a particular area on my body and it just wasn't budging. So I had to lower my calories and then the fat burners. But knowing now that it's since I start doing MNU, I wouldn't ever, ever, ever recommend them to a client. Well, like I don't, I don't deal with bodybuilders who would probably be the ones that would take them the most. Um, but like, yeah, I would never recommend them. I. I've, I've, I know a few people taking them at the minute for shows and stuff like that and I'm just I've they've asked me for my advice on it I've kind of given my my two cents on it but it's very hard to sometimes get maybe get the message across and you have to pick your battles as we said at the beginning um, it's better it's like if you're like something that's gonna some of these do they increase your heart rate they like it can increase your like blood pressure like yeah due to that your metabolism is gonna increase briefly 
while taking that substance but anxiety is common dizziness nausea headaches like people have had heart attacks from overtaking these things especially if your body's under the pressure of extreme dieting and you're like at super low body fat and stuff like that you're already under a lot of mental and physical pressure to then add something like that into your system that's that has that effect they're they're highly unsafe highly unsafe you cannot you cannot cheat the system and you should not because you have to look at the, the grand scheme of things what's more important to your health like you know what price are you willing to pay to try and be lean yeah right? and it's yeah and a lot yeah it, exactly what you said what price are you paying and that's that i i love that sentence uh what price are you paying to try and be lean um the last question is kind of like a about four or five part ones like one of the big things that kind of blew my mind when doing MU was the myths lecture yeah which like looking back at some of them you've i probably believed probably six of them out of the seven or five out of the six yeah i had a couple there too yeah so the myths that we're going to talk about are kind of carbs fats too much protein sweeteners caffeine gluten and organic food i would say yeah 90 percent. i believed at one point uh so well, that bad now but i definitely i believe the body type one obviously because we're, that's the one that annoys me the most now i get so annoyed about that because i actually worked off that for a while with people and obviously like when i would have when i would start my career out like i would have had like precision was the third course i did and i thought it was a fantastic method and it worked like i got i got results but in spite of the fact that I was using incorrect information and using off body type, yeah, I held my hands up to that. Like my PT I, course taught me the body types. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I really hope they've changed the course. I really hope they've changed the course. Um, so the first one that we're going to try and dispel is that carbs are carbs are bad for you, or carbs after six pm. <laughs> yeah, no carbohydrates do not make you fat if you eat them after 6 p.m. Carbohydrate, it's all about energy balance, as we know, over the course of the day, it doesn't matter what, where the calories come from, be they carbs, protein, or fat, this is a fallacy. There's, you don't suddenly go from 5.55 eating a sandwich to 6.05, eat the other half of the sandwich, and you store all the second half of the sandwich. That's a great way of putting it, actually. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like I must be getting hungry. Jane really wants a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what about kind of too much protein? Being bad um, for your kidneys. Protein is not bad for your kidneys. There is no there is no research to say that protein, excessive protein in a healthy individual. There is, this is another fallacy as well. There's also the whole like you can't absorb more than 30 grams of protein. Oh, yeah, in yeah. Where do you think it goes? I had this conversation recently with someone and like once I explained it, they were like, oh my god that actually makes sense it's like it's because people look at protein as singularly for gains that it's just there to build muscle and not even like it's lean mass but just it's just for the gains and you know they've heard that whole thing that you need 20 grams plus of a complete protein type of thing for you know leucine threshold and all that and for muscle gain and so they assume then that you know you don't use the protein after 30 grams it's like where does it go oh yeah immune function hair skin nails all these other physiological functions that protein's hugely important for and that's i think that's that that was like literally the conversation i had and i was just like where, where do you think it goes you're not peeing it all out you know we are using more than that 
So I think if people are eating an energy balance and they're prioritizing their other nutrients that they need, like enough fat for hormone balance, making sure they're getting enough fiber, which would be carbohydrates for, they're not going to overdo it on protein, you know, because you're going to end up exceeding your calories overall. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're getting the balance right and everything else, you won't, you won't, you, you won't be eating it in excess. And what about, what about uh, sweeteners? These seem to be a big thing at the minute with kind of the the drinks that are out there at the minute um the energy drinks like monster and stuff like that they're highly caffeinated as well but there's some sweeteners in them and a lot of people think that too much sweetener is bad for you i hold my hands up when i when i was younger i probably thought i probably thought that sweeteners are bad for you and probably my parents probably still do if i'm being honest no same i think i would have thought that as well and i do remember I do remember my parents saying to me when I was younger like that, it's worse than sugar and stuff like that and they're yeah. worse for you. I do remember having that conversation because it's quite processed and it's a, it's a man-made substance that people tend to not have as much faith in it. You know, it's like there's a lack of understanding and there's still an awful lot of research going on with sweeteners in relation to the fact that they're classed as worse than sugar or, you know, can impact fat gain. That's, that's unfounded. It's usually because people who are having foods with a lot of sweeteners in them lead a lifestyle that probably isn't that healthy they may smoke they may drink they may have like a diet coke alongside foods like mcdonald's and pizzas you know there's like it's it's not it's not actually the fact that the sweeteners are having any impact on their health um the sweeteners in regards to the links to like diseases like cancer and stuff like that again there's not a lot there's not a lot of evidence on that there's not sufficient evidence for that it's kind of like correlation doesn't equal causation um the one thing i will say like the, the like one caveat of it all would be for good health there is research right now there is some links with sweeteners potentially having an impact on go health, I wouldn't know a hell of a lot about it, but there it is one I'd say that is a watch this space kind of area and something that people should probably consider. And when you when you think about it though, like logically, if you have um, a lot of products with sweeteners in them, a lot of the time they can have an effect like where people like they do make you want to go to the bathroom, they can irritate your stomach, yeah. you know. So I can understand like it's a lot of like polyols and stuff and sugar alcohols can have a negative impact on your belly. You'll see the warning on like chewing gums, like with sweeteners and stuff. And so, exact yeah. effect, exactly. And when people have like um, IBS or IBD or anything like that, they are erred away from sweeteners and polyols because it can have a really negative effect. So I can understand that connection. So it's like a watch this space, but for general health in moderation, there's no harm in them at all. I would consume them within different products like some of my like supplements and i will be a fan of an, an occasional cherry diet coke or coke zero every now and then as people have seen so yeah and i would be i would be in a rush to change that i would be concerned about it if if you are having tons and tons of sweeteners every day yeah maybe maybe consider your gut health and like cut it down a little bit but an odd an odd soft diet soft drink an odd monster even you know, having it in some of your supplements, there's no harm in it. Especially if somebody's looking to lose weight and the difference is getting them from drinking two or three Coca-Colas a day to having two Diet Cokes, the impact on getting their weight down is way more important than a concern about them having a little bit of sweeteners. So you have to, like, pick your battle. 
And what about kind of caffeine then? So caffeine is like, everyone survives on caffeine at the minute, I think. Particularly PTs, like there's a PT run at like eight o'clock every morning. One of the PTs runs for coffees. Runs over to McDonald's and gets the coffees. Um, how, like a lot of people think that has a dehydration effect on our, our systems as well. And that like the big thing with caffeine is that it can affect your sleep. Um, yes. and there has been research on that so can you kind of talk about that a little bit more about the dehydration effect and the sleep kind of the effect that it has on your sleep it depends on how you drink your coffee if you're drinking espressos yes it's going to dehydrate you but if you're having a glass of water before your coffee or you're having americanos with water in it you're actually that that will counteract it and that will like you are getting hydration from that and it can contribute to your daily hydration the biggest impact of coffee that's negative is the impact on people's sleep and people overdoing it and not realizing that if they're having a coffee at like 6 p.m. in the afternoon and there's like 8 milligrams of caffeine and a coffee, caffeine has a half-life. That's still in their system, like like 4 milligrams of it. That's still in their system if that's 6 o'clock at 10 o'clock at night and that's going to impact their sleep, you know? And that's where it's negative. And if your sleep is being impacted and you're not getting enough sleep, then you're caught in a vicious cycle of having more and more caffeine to counteract that one. Actually, you should just get your sleep sorted. So that's the negative impact is on sleep and using caffeine to keep you going instead of prioritizing getting the rest that your body needs, you know? Yeah, big time. Uh, And then there is gluten and organic food, which are the two buzzwords. I fell into the gluten whole thing uh, about that. The gluten one, I definitely fell into that one. The organic food. The gluten will get you. The gluten will get you, and it, it got me good. Um, like, can you talk about is is gluten kind of better for you, or is it is gluten free food kind of better for you than other food, or is it going to make you lose weight more, or what's what's the story? Gluten free products and foods are way better for you if you're celiac, um, because you have an allergy, and it's quite dangerous to have gluten. For everybody else, it really doesn't make a difference. Choosing a gluten-free option over an item with gluten in it is not going to have a bigger impact on your health. Actually, sometimes by choosing the gluten-free item, you're actually eliminating some of the fiber. Some of the gluten-free products actually don't have as much fiber in them as breads and products and cereals and stuff that um, would actually have gluten in them something to take note of fiber is very important so you might actually be eliminating certain nutrients from your diet unnecessarily too there's no health benefit to choosing gluten-free if you are not celiac or like some people yeah might be a little bit sensitive to gluten and find that they they blow if you feel that listen to your body don't have it but there's absolutely nothing wrong with gluten they've actually proven that sometimes the thing that irritates people's bellies is FODMAPs which are completely which are different to gluten that's not actually the gluten so yeah, I do not deprive yourself of good quality breads, like nice sourdough and stuff. God with that. Clearly, I still want a sandwich. You really want that sandwich? <laughs> I, uh, my brother, like that's the thing. Like I, my brother's celiac, quite severely celiac. So at times I would have been quite used to having a lot of gluten-free products around because in the house we wouldn't have gluten. Um, we'd have to be very conscious of it for cross-contamination and that. So I, I would choose gluten-free products sometimes myself just by habit. But for no other reason than, than that, there's no health benefits to it whatsoever. So yeah, it's 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 a misguided health health and wh- choice. 
And what people who may not be celiac and they take gluten in their diet, they'll find that they, they lose a lot of weight. But then when they start to go for this, the celiac or the gluten-free food is that they're kind of still going back to eating pizzas and they find yeah. they put them they put the weight back on. Which and that's not so much weight. It's like a cut out gluten. It's like, no, you cut out cake, pizza, you know, donuts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, that happened to me. That happened to me. I cut it out, but then I started eating all the gluten-free crisps and stuff. And then I got a little bit bigger and then I had to stop because I was getting very unhealthy. So I had to, yeah, I think we, I think a lot of, a lot of people fall into that bracket. Uh, the last one, or the organic food, whether it's more, whether it's better for you or not. Um, if there is benefit, it's probably marginal. Uh, I would say to the majority of people, it's it's there's no real difference. Get more vegetables into your diet. Get more healthy foods into your diet. Like asking everyone to go organic or buy organic foods because it's better is just. It, it's just it's not a realistic recommendation organic foods are expensive blood people can't afford them um, and like if it's a case of telling people to go and buy that and they can't afford it can't provide like their families with like vegetables and stuff because it's not organic like no just go buy go buy the normal vegetables go buy frozen go buy whatever you need these foods still have all the nutrients in them I'm delighted. I'm delighted you said the frozen because I think a lot of people think that the frozen stuff may not be as nutritious or good for them as kind of the fresh stuff. But like, I'd encourage like you can. I'd potentially use frozen if I was doing kind of a batch cook. Um, yeah. One hundred percent, and it has a longer shelf life. You may not use rather than kind of buying a load of veg and say a Saturday or Sunday shop when you've got the kids with you. Why not buy the frozen stuff? You can leave it in the freezer and then do your block cook on the Sunday, and you can still you go back to it. Yeah, big time. Um, for yourself, you know, it's like I understand sometimes with like eggs or meats and stuff. Like considering you're organic, and if it's your preference and you you do you do prefer and you can afford it and it works within the constraints of your lifestyle, yeah, sure, make the choices that suit you. But for most people, it's just not realistic or feasible especially not for people with families they have to make it easier for themselves you know yeah. and you're, you're not doing your family a disservice by buying non-organic products it's got all the nutrition and fiber and micronutrients you need in it yeah big time uh, i know there was other questions that i want to ask but we are over the hour and 10 minute mark so i think we may <laughs> have to wrap up um so what's coming up next for jane and where can people find out about you and your services so to find me currently um easiest place to find me is instagram jane underscore real nutrition my website which will be realnutrition.com will be launching around october november so stay tuned for that and I will be making some changes to my coaching and coaching options with some more online opportunities for people coming along. I am doing a talk in October with Fit Events Fit Guru called Women in Wellness. So that will be a ticketed event. Tickets are on sale now. And that's in the Moche Theatre. So that will be a way to hear me speak live. Yeah, so currently I've got a few other talks and, and that coming up over the next couple of months. But everything's kind of working towards getting the website up and running and and launching a little bit more online coaching because currently I just work in Sandy Ferdinand Chapter 2 Fitness so I work my private service out of there but um, yeah hopefully I can branch out and go a little more global global, global. we all dream of global I think 
but uh, no, it's it's really exciting times for you. And I like you did your first talk in Stockport a couple of yeah, weeks ago, awesome. and it looked amazing. There's 60, 50, 60, 70 people there, which is incredible yeah. for your first talk. And um, we were talking off air, you were kind of freaking out a little bit, but there was no need. You know, the stuff like the back of your hand, it's just kind of no- nice to kind of have the notes there. Um, so Jane thank you so much for coming on you've been amazing as always there's so much information there now I have to try and write like a little write up <laughs> and we're going to be like all over the place trying to find it but uh, thank you so much for coming on everyone who has enjoyed it Jane's details will be in the write up if you're interested in working with Jane which I would highly recommend um, and you can find out all about Jane's info, all Jane's info on our Instagram as well alright thank you so much for coming on Jane thank you